every day on the big show. What? Gordon and Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. It's time for What's Going On? Uh, the big news and sometimes some other stuff from across the Zone Sports Network. And I say some other stuff because sometimes, Gordon, we like to hear the shenanigans, the shenanigizing of what's going on on, on other shows. Is that a word? Shenanigize? I don't uh-huh. think so. Uh-huh. Is shenanigans a word? I know it's a restaurant chain. No, sh- shenanigans, yeah, that's a word. Shenanigizing? I've never heard that, but uh, uh, I believe it's shenaniganizing. But what what would be the <laughs> the the current form of performing shenanigans? Shenanigans. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because you know if uh, no. Okay. Anyway. Shenanigan. Uh So this is this is one we want to weigh in on. I'm told. Uh, I did not hear this live, so I'm excited that I'm going in here fresh, uh, so we can kind of make a judgment here. Uh, this is from Hans and Scotty. Uh, Hans claims he can eat a lot. Of ice cream. Let's hear about this. I've eaten a lot of steak in a couple in, in one sitting. A lot of steak. I don't see anything else besides gristle and fat. Get it down. Oh. There's some desserts, <laughs> shirts for the kids. <laughs> All right. I, I don't eat a lot of ice that, cream. That, that I apologize. I got you in your prime. I could eat a half gallon ice cream right now. Stop. I could. You cannot. You cannot eat a half gallon ice cream like right now. Yeah, I could. I think I could eat a half gallon ice cream. In how okay? How quick? In uh, twenty minutes. That's one segment, Lloyd. Are we ready to do this on the air? <laughs> now? No, not now, but like this week. Uh, the thing is, is I'm. It's just not my thing anymore. I know, don't, but don't you be just saying it's not your but thing. But you just threw it out there that you could eat a half gallon of ice cream in twenty minutes. Yeah, well, you could jump on a donkey naked and ride it. But, but it's not do, your thing anymore. Do you, you, is it your thing? Do you want to do it well, anymore? No, when you throw it out there like that, it almost feels like you're like, I can do this. Let's go. Okay, well, just take it you like put this. Put the challenge out there. Take I it agree like with Scotty on this. It's the same way you would say, I could ride a donkey naked. Yeah, you could. But I'm not going to be like, well, could you do it tomorrow? Because no, you, you didn't no, put it out there like you that. Because you don't no, want to get on a donkey naked. Okay, so all right. Well, then say you don't want to do it, but you made it sound. No, like, I don't want to do it. Okay, you made it sound like no big deal. I'd do that, but I know I could eat a half gallon ice okay. cream. Right, well, that's. Well, I mean, let's do it then. Uh, okay, so then put him on a donkey naked. Why? Why is this? Why do why I have you to need to put him on a donkey naked? naked? Why does that have to do why, anything? Why are you still asking me to eat a half gallon right because now? Because you said you could do it. I could. I just thought like I could ride a donkey but naked. I never, but I never said I could. But Lloyd did. Lloyd said I could ride a donkey naked? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to. In New Mexico. Well, I said I he hasn't done it in it. years. <laughs> Stop it. I said he hadn't done it in years. <laughs> That's what I said. 
You rode a donkey naked in New no, Mexico? No, <laughs> Stop. You haven't done it in years. Is there pictures of that, too? <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Is there, there cameras that took... For don't get, I don't think you want to go there. Are you, are you mad? Like, huh? I, get, I get a sense of hostility. No, here. I'm not mad. Well, it's can just, you do it just, or can you not? It's just just because I said that I could do it doesn't mean I want to do it in okay, a segment the, on the, the show. The way you presented it made it sound like you were offering that up as a challenge. And so no. that's the way I took no, it. No, I said it and you found it as a time to grab it and be like, oh, can we do it in a segment? No, that's I just. And like challenge my manlyhood on being well, able you, to do it. You I could did, do it. You did kind of like throw it out there like, you know, look. What yeah. kind of man couldn't do that? But I mean, don't you kind of do that from time to time? Like, oh yeah, I could watch that movie. But could you do it right now? Well, yeah, I could probably do it. But I don't know if I really want to watch it. But here's the thing: that's a big statement to say. Like, uh, like there's no way I could ever eat a half gallon of ice cream in 20 minutes. Like that's a that's a monumental feat. In and one so, sitting? And no, never. And so when you like, I just I'd get sick from the lactose. Now, if you said I got a hundred mozzarella sticks, can you eat them in 20 minutes? I'm like. Yeah, I might be able to do that. Okay, but if I asked you to do it next segment or next to yes tomorrow, would you want to do it? Uh, it depends. Where what are we putting from. on? And that's and that's that's where I'm coming from. Like I said, yeah, I could do it, but I'm not saying but, I want to do it because but, I'm just going to get sick and feel horrible about it. All right, okay, but I know I could do it. <laughs> See, you can't say that Stop without me wanting that. to go Hold like... On. Okay, how many mozzarella sticks could you eat in one sitting? In one sitting in 20 minutes. Probably 20. Oh, well, anybody can do that. That's not even a big feat. You don't say. Well, you asked. Okay. Like you were saying, well, I could eat a cup of ice cream. Well, like, okay. Well, I want to see you minutes. eat 20 I gave mozzarella you, I gave you a, So that's not a big deal. So you don't want to see me do that, right? Because you're like anybody could do that. It's twenty. It's twenty mozzarella sticks. I know. So it's not a big deal. But when you say a half gallon in twenty minutes, that's a lot of ice cream. I'm pretty sure my mom spoon fed me twenty mozzarella sticks when I was like six months old. You have to excuse Scotty and myself. We watched that last dance last night, so we're we're ready to gamble. Oh, are you okay? Yeah, that's we're true. ready to gamble. There's a lot of gambling. <laughs> you're all. You want to put fifty bucks on it that you can do it? No, twenty mozzarella sticks is a lot of mozzarella sticks. It's a lot of mozzarella sticks. Yeah, you think you can get twenty? Yeah, it'd be t- it'd be close. That sounds like heartburn. Okay, I'm, just thinking, Lloyd, I'm thinking of the uh, marinara Lloyd, sauce. I've got a half gallon of ice cream in front of me, and Scotty's got twenty mozzarella sticks in front of him. Who with finishes marinara. first? Who finishes first? Oh man! Do either one of us finish? And who? I'll finishes? tell you what. I got heartburn. <laughs> Later this week, we're going to find out. We're going to find out who. Okay, so I first. would. I would do that. Okay. okay, hold on. And Lloyd's got a donkey in front. Of him. <laughs> and I'm sitting it on a donkey to, naked. It has to go to Mile. Who who finishes first? Bareback. <laughs> Literally bareback. Oh man, this segment got away from us. What do you think, Gordon? Well, as far as the ice cream goes, I think Hans could put away half a gallon in 20 minutes, don't you? I kind of do, because I've seen Hans eat a lot in, yeah. in a short amount of time. Like I mean, a lot. I, 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 think, I think he's capable of that. I don't, I'm not even doubting it. I could not eat 20 mozzarella sticks. I wouldn't even come close. It depends. How big of a mozzarella stick are we talking? Are we talking the appetizer size or are we talking the movie theater size? What's the difference? Oh, some are six to nine inches. Some are just a little uh, shorter than that. I'm thinking probably less than half a foot. Okay. <laughs> so the appetizer size, the uh, hors d'oeuvre size. Yeah. 
size. Still not eating 20. What's the gallon challenge, and in, uh, in what amount of time is that? That's milk, and yeah. I don't think it matters. You're not doing it. <laughs> no, but somebody, we actually uh, put a challenge out to our listeners once many, many years ago on the gallon challenge. But I, what was the time frame for that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, the According to the interwebs, it's 60 minutes. 60 minutes? Maybe, maybe a half gallon of ice cream is more challenging than we're giving it credit for. It's a lot of dairy. Yeah. Because the gallon challenge is very hard, very difficult. I mean, most guys try it and I just have no chance. Um, but Hans is Hans. Yeah. Yeah. If you each had to choose a, a, a food, let's say they expanded this competition to the big show. So Hans has ice cream, Scotty's got mozzarella sticks. What are you two choosing? What could you eat a lot of in 20 minutes? See, I, you know that soup. 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 Just <laughs> gallons of soup. <laughs> Any particular variety? Tomato? No. Oh, no, tomato, you can't drink too much tomato. Yeah. No. You I'd have to go with a, a clear brothy thing. Yeah. yeah I well, then it'd have to have animal. something in it. You can't just Lipton noodle. Yeah, right. It wouldn't count <laughs> if you were just chugging broth. <laughs> That's soup. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I imagine cheese would be hard to eat a whole bunch of. Um, just just consuming it would be difficult. Well, that eating challenge had to, see. I would say I think I could eat a lot of ramen noodles, but that was on that eating challenge, and it seemed like I can't remember what it was. It was like a dozen packs or something that didn't seem crazy, which led me to believe that that's really hard to do. Well, anything that has like noodles in it expands in your gut, right? Uh, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. How quickly? In 20 minutes? I don't know. Have you ever started in on a plate of spaghetti and you thought, I got this, and the, you're, you eat about half of it and it looks like it's grown right in front of you? <laughs> I mean, there's some things. I'll tell you what would be difficult for me is is um, is like our old wing challenge and all that stuff. Uh, when you when you got gobs of meat on there and you've got to get it down your gullet i think that would be really hard to do you know this this thing says it's eight pounds of ramen noodles in 30 minutes and that that sounds pretty pretty formidable actually whoa no way i i speed eating is not my thing i think i would really struggle in this regard although i'm surprised because hans doesn't he say doesn't hans always say that he can't eat that fast yeah because of his throat thing but i think that's where the yeah. ice cream comes in yeah just sort of okay I, I once there's a wing spot by my house and they have one of those challenges finish a dozen wings with the the hot sauce or whatever you know and i think it's a dozen minutes i can't remember what it is but uh the i saw one dude do it but he didn't realize that you have to take the whole time you not just what? not just do it in 12 minutes but you actually have to take 12 minutes he did what? So four? he just wolfed it down yeah. in like three minutes. And then he was like, all right, hand me water. And they're like, well, actually, you've got, you know, nine more <laughs> minutes to go. And I just watched this guy sit there and sweat it out for nine minutes. It was pretty funny. If it's the place I think you're talking about, uh, Jake, I one time uh, ordered some wings from there. And, uh, and they accidentally put the hottest sauce on. Uh, and uh, they didn't mean to. It was a mistake. 
And I took, uh, I, I ate like one or two wings, and I thought I was going to die. I mean, I, I thought I was going to expire right there. Wait, it was so bad after one, you went back for another? I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, uh, how much I ate. But all I know is my, my head was on fire. And I thought, there's a real skill to this. And I don't know. Some people can do it. Uh, some people can tolerate it much better than others. I cannot. Uh, that that would, uh, that would uh, I would. I would expire having to eat that. Have you tried the hottest sauce? I'm not into uh, to spicy foods. Although, to... to one up your one up of my story. I I have a buddy who used to do this before he went out at night or over to a friend's house or whatever. He'd buy a dozen of those, you know, insanely spicy or whatever, and just take mm-hmm. them with him where he'd go. And he'd run into people and be like, oh, yeah, I got some extra chicken wings. Do you want them? And then, of course, with no warning about what was <laughs> what was to come. Mm-hmm. That should be illegal. Is that it, could kill a guy. Well, some of that stuff, you know, the more water you drink, the worse it gets. You're supposed to do milk, right? Is it milk? I no. think so. I think the, the something in milk neutralizes it. But like I said, I'm not a, entirely into spicy foods. In fact, at all into spicy foods. What about sour? Like sour patch kids. How many sour patch kids do you think you could eat in 20 minutes? <laughs> not many. Really? You don't do sour? I mean, Gordon? I like sour all right. I just don't think you'd be able to do... They tear up the roof of your mouth. Right. right? It yeah. takes a while to work through a couple of Sour Patch Kids, you know? <laughs> I wonder how many people there are who have entered these eating contests and then later on are truly paying the price. All of Gotta them. Gotta happen. All of Holy them. Holy cow. I just... But Hans, half a gallon of ice cream, he might be able to do that. It's Hans. I, I went to a, a popular chain uh, Italian restaurant with Hans once and some, some clients... And they had the bottomless whatever pasta. I think Hans got the fettuccine Alfredo and then also got the sausage along with it. And he gave instructions to the waitress. He said, uh, he was like, all right, now when you bring me bowl number two of the pasta, I want serving number two of the sausage and have serving three pretty much ready to go of the pasta. And, of course, the idea of this bottomless pasta at, at these places is you get through one, and most humans are so full, they're like, all right, I, I can't do any more. Right. But Hans, I mean, the, the, the server laughed at him. He was like, okay, dude, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, man, I, I think he got through five servings of the pasta before it was all said and done. I've never, <laughs> he made I've, it count. Huh? I've never seen anything like it. They changed their policy the Never next in day. my entire life. <laughs> yeah, the, the server actually laughed. Laughed, okay. Just okay there, Mr. Hungry. I, I work here. I've seen people, you know, go after this before. And he was like, yeah, I've been here before. Trust me. I know what I'm doing, too. And bam, I tell you, it was it was impressive. Who else on the station do you think could uh, really put put food away? Oh, I bet D- uh, DJ David yes. James. Pretty- if David it were James. a yogurt eating contest, he's my choice for an entrance. See, David James loves breakfast. Like he's a he's a breakfast dude. If you had uh, like uh, our, our friends at Marley's, that endless Not French true. toast, I bet I bet you DJ could do some damage if we really turned him loose. But have you seen, seen him it. consume a yogurt? Oh well, he's the fastest eater. <laughs> it's like a Hoover. He's the fastest eater I've ever met. That's a fact. <laughs> Back when DJ and I used to do a morning show together many, many years ago, we used to stop after the show and get some breakfast. And yeah, DJ can uh, yeah, he can he can wolf it down. Well, I'll one up you again. When I was producing DJ's show, 
Uh, we could get those uh, those big breakfast sandwiches from Gandolfo's, which I think uh, the downtown is uh, still around. They had great breakfast sandwiches. Oh, yeah, I don't know if they still do. The but Empire they're, or whatever. They're ama- oh, yeah. They're amazing, and they're they're quite large. And DJ could, could polish one of those off in, like, not just during a break, but be, like, comfortably digesting by the time we got back. Hmm. Never seen anything like his it. teeth all picked out and ready to go. And just, the end of the I mean, not just not like Gordon where he's trying desperately to wolf down the last bite, but like, yeah, I finished that like two minutes ago, man. <laughs> now, now he's just showing off. <laughs> ah, David That's James, funny. listen to uh, DJ and PK every single morning, six to ten. Love those two and their show. And in fact, uh, our next bite for what's going on was. Uh, Jay Drew with them, but why don't we save that? Because we're not sure. Why don't we get a break in? Because we're not sure when Dennis is going to be able to join us. So we can get to the Jay Drew stuff on the other side and uh, be available for when uh, Dennis Lindsay is available to come on with us. So stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Dennis Lindsay coming up here sometime in the 3 o'clock hour. Gordon, during the break, I uh, I uh, darted over to the uh, the other studio to see the media availability that's going on. It's kind of a, they're doing it via Zoom. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just uh, say there's there's a good reason why a lot of our media isn't on TV. <laughs> Are you judging people? Not a good-looking bunch, and and a a group of folks that, and not everyone, mind you. Let me throw out that caveat. But a a group that that maybe has been inside a little too long. Oh well, that's you can't blame anybody for that. No, I'm not. I'm not saying blame. I'm saying effect of. I heard PK I, I, wasn't indoors during this thing. Yeah, PK's walking around somewhere. I I, I really disappointed you, Jake. Why? Because uh, who? Why? Why do you think that the group that covers the jazz are uh, an ugly bunch? No, I'm just saying they're looking a little scraggly, uh, a little worse well, for the wear. Oh, that might be all right. I mean, we that's all. all. I mean, okay. like like they're not uh, putting on makeup like David James to get on TV every day. <laughs> okay. Or or not uh, splashing on a little blush to jump onto uh, Trib Talk with Doctor Dunn. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, I could not, I could not do a job that I had to wear makeup. I was just again, not doing it. Again, not. Doing they didn't it. make you wear uh, makeup as the octopus's garden judge. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I did have to. I did have to do that. I when I when I'm on stage, I get that. One time, I played a part of a villain in a melodrama, and they glued the mustache on because I was I was just in high school. They glued the mustache on, and they couldn't get it off after uh, afterward. What was the name of the character? Sergeant Pepper. No, no. <laughs> no, it was a it was a one of those old melodramas that type things with. But uh, I was the bad guy. You played Curly mustache. Horton. Yeah, might as well have been. See, now we didn't believe you yesterday because there was too much uh, meaningless detail. 
now I'm not believing you today because there was just zero right there. Just a villain in a I, melodrama. I, like, no, no, nothing I, else. I really don't remember uh, that role very, very clearly, but I do remember. Well, part of the problem was that after the production, I was being a stupid teenager and I was riding around on the, the hood of my friend's car with the mustache on. And I think the, the air blowing against the mustache must have cemented it on my lip even more. It was very painful to get that taken off. How'd you get it off? I, I eventually just scrubbed it off. Okay. Hurt like the devil, too. But anyway, uh, that, that everything I told you yesterday was 100% true. Yeah, sounds like it. The promo made it sound even more believable. Oh, I didn't hear the promo. Yeah, it happened. Uh, should we get it? Let's let's continue with a little what's going on again. We're waiting. Uh, Dennis Lindsay is currently doing media availability, and he's going to be on the show shortly thereafter. So stay tuned. We'll talk to Dennis coming up here soon. But let's check in. This is a little bit longer cut than we played earlier. This is Jay Drew talking about what the upcoming football season for BYU could look like with DJ and PK. Uh, I, you know, I think it's been uh, kind of as you expected. Nobody wants it. It's it's uh, one of those doomsday scenarios that probably way, way down on everybody's list of what they want to see happen. But, um, yeah, I thought it was newsworthy. Nevertheless, when I read a, an article by Dennis Dodd and CBSSports.com that, that the independents were talking to each other and they were forming contingency plans. And so, you know, I called a few ADs, uh, Liberty's AD, Army's AD, New Mexico State's, and found out that it was it was true and that uh, one of the major things that I wanted to find out is how involved BYU was because in the Dodd article it said BYU was not involved um, but they actually are according to Duff Tittle and some other BYU administrators so um, so I thought it was newsworthy I obviously don't want it to happen uh, probably way down the list of things that could happen but but I think you have to explore all the all the alternatives and that's certainly one of them so so yeah I, there was a little bit of uh, uh, negative brushback from from some fans but that's kind of to be expected I guess so you're telling me the rallying cry will be give me liberty twice or give me forfeits <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot to, that has to take place. I mean, number one, all BYU has contracts with all these schools uh, to play. And, um, and so when, even if they say, hey, we're not going to play you, we're just going to play league games, then that's a whole nother can of worms is what you do with those contracts. Uh, so, you know, I can see attorneys getting involved and all that. But, uh, but yeah, that's just one option is uh, playing Liberty twice, playing New Mexico State twice. Uh, and, and, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with Notre Dame. They've got the scheduling agreement with the ACC, but, but that doesn't take care of all their games. So, you know, maybe BYU would play Notre Dame twice, and I'm sure people would, would love that around here. So that's still a long ways away. But, uh, hey, what else are we going to write about and talk about, right, you guys? Hey, yeah. how about paying off that game they owe for the two-for-one and Notre Dame coming out to Provo? Or, as PK says, forget about it. Go to Vegas. But I just don't know if this would be the right year to go to Vegas and cash in on a massive crowd there. 
Yeah, I, I think that other alternative is, is having them come to Provo. Uh, obviously, they'll be looking for games. They'll need games, and it uh, seems like that would be a good game, especially if you have to you know move the season back where – where uh, we start August or October first, and and play that uh, shortened schedule, uh, perhaps that could happen. Who knows? Keeping all options open there, Gordon. But if yeah. uh, you know that's one that BYU and independent schools can't really control. If other conferences t- decide to just do conference play only, well, I'm not surprised they're thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, exploring every option. And we don't know what the circumstances will be. Uh, it, it, I think you bring up a good point about preparation for the season being playing a large role in all of this. Because that's a great answer to my question about what difference does it make whether you're playing eight, nine games or playing 11 or 12. And, well, it, you can't do it if you can't get your team together on the practice field. Yeah, you've got to so, be able to do it. Yeah. So that part of the season is, or, or preseason, is what is absolutely critical here. And it, it, last time I checked, it's pretty hard to social distance uh, playing football. Uh, yeah, the the game itself does take some contact. Yes, I, I think mm-hmm. that's true. You know, the the biggest obstacle, or, or the first domino to fall, uh, to to get out of planning stages, or at least is to get. How do you get students back on campus? And, and mm-hmm. when does that plan kick in? Because it seems like that's the first thing that absolutely has to happen. And then from there, you know, that they can figure it out. So I think it's cool. It's good. These schools that have something in common, that they're independent, uh, are, are in contact and uh, maintain so throughout all of this. But we don't even know if those other conferences will only play conference games. We just have no idea. So it, it's good to be informed, though. I mean, it's it's good to be talking. I, I think that's I think that's a must across the board. Yeah, it's complicated in college football as opposed to the NFL. The NFL is complicated enough as it is. But like you said, there's no way they can play college football if students aren't on the campuses. And not because they're going to go to the games. Just because you can't do it. How, How can you not allow your students on your campus but then tell 120 football players to get out there and and bang hats, you know. You just you can't do it. So one well, has you, to. You one, could. One, well, do you really that, want to go down that road? Yeah, you just can't. Uh, in, in realistic terms, you can't. And so they have to. They have to get one to precede the other. So we'll see uh, how that goes. But uh, you're sort of held hostage in that regard, because if it's not good enough, if it's not safe enough for your for your student body, it can't be safe or good enough for your football team. See, I think it's more that they're actually student athletes and they need to be students first. So if you can't be a student, how can you be a student athlete? That's kind of the way that that I really look at it is they're not they're not professionals. You know, NFL and, and I know people are rolling their eyes out there, but I actually believe these things that some people just say. You know, when you're professionals and you're a, a grown man, as they say, and can uh, can make decisions legally and those sorts of things, then and I realize that college students for the most part are legal, but I think you get see what I'm getting at. When you're a pro, you know, you can make up your mind this is America. When you're a college student, you are really a student first. And if you can't be a student, can you really be an athlete? Jake, you're being naive. And I 
usually don't say that because it's kind of an insult, but I've talked to enough people who have played football in the SEC to know that they are athletes first and students second. Uh, fine, but that doesn't mean that I can't have ideals and think about how <laughs> yeah, but it, you're how whistling it, in the dark. And my think friend. think about how it should be. I mean, we can oh, okay. we can talk yeah. about uh, reality all we want, but uh, you know, are you really living all Ten Commandments, Gordon, or are you just striving to? I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> it, a good way to rationalize everything, isn't it? it? Well, you know, no nobody's perfect, and no system certainly is either. But I do. Uh, I do believe in the student part of student-athlete, even if it's not reality to some. I uh, talked recently with a uh, with an athlete who played at a very prominent SEC school, and I, I asked him that very question. I said, what would have happened if you had uh, gone to your coach and said, Coach, I have a lab today. I'm going uh, to have to miss practice. He... Uh, he just shook his head and laughed. Yeah, and that makes me sad. But it's true. It's uh, it maybe is. it's true at some places. I don't think yeah. it's true at all places. No, no. So uh, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think sometimes coaches take it too far. What a surprise. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, Sprint, they make it uh, safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Utah Jazz. He is our good friend, Dennis Lindsay. Hi, Dennis. How are you and yours? Is everybody doing all right? Family uh, are all blessed, guys. Thank you. Strange, strange time, but we uh, we definitely have had a a chance to spend a lot of time together uh, as a family unit, and we do appreciate that. How about you guys? We're, we're hanging Doing in well. there, Dennis. Yeah, yeah we're, we're hanging in the best we can. Now, you're a person that I've always respected as being a real uh, sort of uh, – your perspective is such a lot of good common sense, lessons learned in life and whatnot. If you were going to give our listeners a little bit of a pep talk right now, what would you say to them, Dennis? Yeah, so – I, uh, a few things that I think are really important uh, during a time like this, Gordon. It's you know your your health, uh, whether it be your physical health or your psychological health. You know, holding uh, those dear to you close. You know, I, I think um, while uh, there is a pandemic, I, I do think there are some things that come out of it. The the family unit. I see more people doing things in the yard and walking and walking their dogs. And uh, if it takes us to uh, slow down a little bit, Gordon, I, I do think that there's a lesson learned. And, you know, it, it's been interesting. Uh, I, I think um, gratitude for work, you know, being able to earn a wage and provide for your family, uh, there's, there's no question that that brings uh, self-satisfaction. I think all of us in professional sports are, are you know, are, are feeling that. And so I do think when we come back, whenever that is, Gordon, I think you're going to see uh, the Utah Jazz in particular be very grateful uh, to be able to get out and compete and be in professional sports, uh, sports to earn a wage and compete for our fans. Uh, it's been odd. As you know, Gordon, we're so connected. Our fans are so uniquely connected to the jazz and, 
you know, the last four or five seasons are teams, I think, because of the collective character of the group, and and we, we miss them. And uh, we look very much forward to performing uh, in front of them, uh, whether that be live sports or, uh, you know, through uh, you guys on the radio or, or on TV. So I, I do think there's a, a sense of gratitude that when we start reopening our economy and our particular industries, this one, uh, you know, the sports industry, that you're, you're going to see some athletes and some coaches that are very grateful to be back. And hopefully that will lend to great storylines and competition moving forward, Gordon. Dennis, you talk about that process of coming back, and we've followed the dates that Commissioner Silver has thrown out there and the, the news, of course. What else do we have to do? And you talk about where the Utah Jazz are in that process of at least maybe getting some players back and in, in the facility. Yeah, so it's obviously the first of many steps, and so we've been – following the guidelines guys all all the way you know before march 12th and the oklahoma city game and that cancellation um even before then quinn and mike elliott and eric waters were all closely following the league educational pieces the protocols we were taking it very serious and up until now and so The uh, May 8th is the date that uh, some practice facilities uh, will open. I would imagine our our opening date will be a few days later uh, for no other reason other than we just want to make sure that we get it right, that we have our staffs and players full confidence that they're coming into a safe environment. And I think Adam said this on a GM call, probably the safest places that our players can be are the practice facilities. And, you know, it's you got health performance uh, officials here to take care of them. You have you have uh, the world's best facilities. Um, obviously, our facilities are quite private and protected, so it's not like they're going to be going to a health club where there may be more traffic. So um, I don't I don't have an exact date for you. But uh, just know that we're following all the league and local state health officials' protocols. Our protocols may go above and beyond that. And so Mike Elliott wanted to slowly stage uh, our players coming back into the facility. And and we look forward to them getting back and and, uh, keeping them safe and then seeing what their conditioning levels are and and working with them uh, on on a skill basis as well moving forward. Based on what you know, Dennis, do you have a favored plan or suggested plan that's been discussed as far as central locations and and, uh, either starting straight into the postseason or having some sort of ramp up to that? Do you have a a thought or an opinion? Uh, Yes. So uh, there's only so much I can share uh, due to the COVID-19 hiatus uh, memo rules. Gordon, but I think the best thing, I, I just got off uh, a Zoom call uh, with a, a bunch of media. I think the best practice that Adam uh, has really lived out on, on every conference call is bring me your best ideas. 
and he's been very nimble uh, about not wanting to be pinned down uh, on wanting to hear everybody's best ideas and practices. And I think at the end of the day, uh, Gordon, it's it's going to be about data and and health and safety. It's not about any particular arbitrary date that we throw out on May 5th that I think it's going to be X. Um, And I'm not sure us trying to have the crystal ball with an exact date uh, benefits anybody. I think um, our staff, um, our our players, uh, our fans, our community uh, should know that we will come back uh, when it's safe and we really look forward to coming back. And I think that could take on various forms based upon uh, health performance uh, advisement, based upon epidemiology, contact tracing, uh, rapid testing, treatments, vaccinations, Gordon. And, you know, I'm I'm an optimist. I, I think this is where American ingenuity and the best minds will come together and provide some solutions. And uh, and then I, I think I do. I, I believe that we will will see uh, college and professional sports moving forward. But those exact dates, uh, you know, are plans. I, I don't know what will actually uh, take form. Well, Dennis, if it's data driven, then they're speaking your language. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I'm certainly not an analytics guy, but. We believe in facts. Uh, We believe in best practices. And that could be a draft model that helps our scouts and management and coaches team uh, and health performance team pick a player. Or it could be... It could be an analytical model that shows us, you know, second waves and what we should uh, expect from an epidemiology standpoint. And I'm, I'm really grateful that we have a league led by Adam Silver uh, guys that uh, really is going to put uh, the data and public health first and foremost. I can I can say that in full confidence. Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Jazz, Dennis Lindsay, with us here on the Big Show. And uh, Dennis, of course, during all of this, we've seen the we saw the report in the Athletic uh, talking about the relationship between Rudy and Donovan. Uh, ask your thoughts on that and and the relationship uh, of your All Stars currently. Sure, sure, guys. You know, again, what happened on. March 12th at Oklahoma City uh, just brought a microscope to a team that was really unprecedented. And the best I can tell you guys is we not only believe in Donovan and Rudy, but we believe in the, the entire group moving forward. You know, specifically those two, they're both ready to move forward as professionals. Uh, we've spoken to both privately. Uh, they know the quality of our team. Uh, maybe even more importantly, they know how much they need each other. Um, you know, we've never made one proactive uh, trade call on either one. Uh, they're the type of unique talents and competitors that we're looking for. Uh, to be frank, we need more uniquely talented and competitors like them, not less. Uh, we're not tired of Rudy at any level. That's nonsense. No player, uh, owner, coach has ever asked me to trade Rudy Gobert. 
Uh, and you know, as you guys know, relationships are part of every team, and we're very confident in our collective character in the locker room. And, and frankly, I, I think how we were able to go about this and be measured and be patient, I think our group will come together. Uh, I think the next step, obviously, is everybody getting in the locker room together, and I expect great things to happen, and I expect that we're going to have a, a really close uh, and very hungry team uh, coming out of this COVID-19 hiatus period. You know, Dennis, I've talked with you enough through the years to know that this is something you think about before you even make any moves, that uh, the the feeling around the team. And so it's it, it was just sort of one of those things where you just scratch your head and you said, OK, what happened there? But I, I'm of the persuasion that strength can come from disagreement at times. You know, not everybody has to sit around the campfire and sing songs together. And sometimes when there is a little disagreement about something, guys can come together and heal together and go forward in a stronger way than they were before. Am I is this Pollyannish? No, not at all. I, th- I think you're right. And, and here's also what I'd say. And, you know, Gil Miller, Greg Miller, Steve Miller, uh, Brian Miller, they've all expressed this uh, as well. You know, the, the little uh, thing that we've got going on is minor in the uh, whole COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, the real story, Gordon, is Stephen Cobra Smith, our head of security, who acted as a hero, you know, the night of uh, March 12th and then March 13th to get everybody in the hotels and and on the planes, plural, back to their homes, you know, at great risk of his own personal health. Those are the real stories. Uh, you know, the collective leadership of the Miller family, Steve Starks, John Larson, Jim Olson, Don Sterling, have been amazing. Uh, Dr. Angela Dunn uh, has been a rock star here locally. David Petron, you know, the care for, for our athletes and, and staff, uh, you know, we've We've learned so much. So, you know, this uh, this uh, a little thing relative to the question on Donovan and Rudy, they really they've moved forward. They're fully participating in the Zoom calls and the health performance updates. Uh, we had a great call a few days ago with Mitt Romney uh, that was really neat, uh, Gordon, where our players were able to ask him, questions Quinn set that up and moderated it and it was really it was really interesting conversation it, it really was we learned a lot about him on multiple levels and and so that was really cool and and so I I expect our team and I'm fully confident our team will come back uh, together and we'll be very formidable moving forward well, Dennis, we can't thank you enough for coming on the can show I, today. Can I, ask, can I ask Dennis one more? One more. One more, uh, for sure. It's been so there. long. It's been so long. <laughs> I just, I, I just uh, wonder what, uh, what kind of feeling you have moving forward. What kind of message would you have to our listeners? Uh, you already gave some advice on it, but uh, as you're talking, I'm feeling more optimistic. Uh, and I was yeah. kind of dragging there a little bit. Then. Yeah, so we, we all have. We've had those moments, Gordon. We all have those quiet moments of doubt. And I would say this. 
as much as uh, our fans think that they miss us, we, we miss them more. I mean, it, this this has been uh, a unbelievably difficult time, and and so we'll come back and we'll compete and. Uh, we'll put a, a team out there that you'll be very proud of, and uh, and we we really look forward to to getting back and you know getting back to the practice facility so we can see our levels and then listen to the league advisements on what the next step is and to follow the the local uh, health state officials who who have been amazing. I mean, we've had great leadership guys with the governor and lieutenant governor and and dr dunn and and so what those next steps are to be safe and i think we're we're all learning but i i see this as an opportunity uh for ingenuity uh for innovation for best ideas that we can all feel safe and and then you know i i do appreciate the number of calls that we've had from uh, family, friends, fans, that just how much uh, they miss, you know, watching the Jazz play. It's one of the reasons why Becky and I decided to come here eight years ago was just the unique connection that uh, that the Jazz and, and their fans had. And, you know, I feel that more today than the first day we got here. And one thought on the Michael J- Jordan uh, docu-series. Sure, you want. sure. What, what, what are you thinking of what you're seeing? Uh, it's so many different levels, Gordon. I mean, Jordan has just this unbelievable competitor that was going to jump over or run through every obstacle. Uh, the nuance that goes on with a team between management and coaching and coaching and the players and the players and management and obviously Michael becoming this media phenomenon, uh, the dream team. Uh, it, I've had just a, a ball at seeing the Utah Jazz's, you know, uh, play and in, in, in a part in this in this overall play. I, I just love the history of John and Carl and Jerry and Phil and the Ladens and Kevin O'Connor. And like I said before, you can't tell me those guys aren't career champions. They just ran into the all-time great, you know, at the height of his powers and. I think it's a good look for our fans to see what goes on, uh, you know, behind closed doors. Uh, it, there's uh, none of us are perfect. Uh, all of us are human. All of us have weak moments and moments that we're not proud of. And then, and then obviously you see the greatest of the great, you know, performing at the height of their careers and, and what an awesome level of competition and display of athleticism that goes into it. So uh, I think it really humanizes the league, and it was a real good, unvarnished look at who the Bulls were and who Michael was and all the competition that he ran through and the the drama between he and Isaiah uh, or the things that were going on, you know, outside of his career. Because as you know, Gordon, we're all people. We all have families. We're all coming back to wives and kids and fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. So I I think it it gives a real uh, human look into what it's like to be inside of professional sports. Well, Dennis, thank you very much for coming on. Stay well. Okay, guys. Appreciate what you do, and and you guys be safe going forward, okay? Thanks, Dennis.
Dennis Lindsay, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Utah Jazz. A lot to cover there. We will get uh, get to it coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We've got a Mountain America Market Update coming up next. Bowler, the whole 5 o'clock hour. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend James Bogenreef with us back on The Big Show. Hi, James. Hi. Let's talk Glad a little bit on the show. Hey, good, good. Let's talk a little bit about the markets today. How'd we do? Well, the market closed up today after two positive days of trading, and as some states are slowly opening up for business. The Dow was up 133 points, or 0.56%, and the S&P closed up 25 points, or 0.9%. Are you seeing any trends uh, over the past month? Yeah, we've actually seen a, a tremendous upswing in the market over April, and really since the down, the, the low point in March 23rd in the market. Uh, so it's reason for some optimism there. Speaking of optimism, uh, tell us a little bit about what Warren Buffett has been saying. Well, this last weekend, they had their shareholder meeting. He mentioned that during his lifetime, he survived challenges such as World War II, the Cuban Missile Crisis, 9-11, 2008. Buffett stated, nothing can stop America when you come down to it, even the scariest of scenarios. It may have been tested during the Great Depression, and it may have been tested now to some degree. In the end, the answer is never bet against America. That is, in my view, uh, as true today as it was in the depths of the Depression. He stated that in his uh, annual shareholder meeting. We are recipients of a great heritage in the United States of America, and we have the opportunity to learn and advance from this pandemic. So don't get discouraged. Stick to your plan, or if you don't have one, start one. You're here, James. Well said, my man. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me on. You bet. All right, that's our friend James Bogenreef, Mountain America Investment Services. Coming up next, we'll have more Big Show. We'll talk about what Dennis Lindsay had to say uh, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible.